0: Hi, I'm Dan Schinder. And I'm Steven Schinder. And this is Yes Shift. A father-son podcast. He's a father, I'm the son, and we talk about the band Yes, as Too well generic. as. Whoop, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, as well as its members and all their side things that help us to branch out and whatnot, I guess.
1: The shenanigans, the fiascos, the twists and turns, and all the shifts through over five decades of Yes. And uh, two generations of Yes fans. So we kind of have some different perspectives and some different musical sensibilities as you do. And whatever we talk about on the show, we invite you to comment. You can comment on posts where comments are enabled, whether it's on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Yes Shift. We're also on anchor.fm slash Yes Shift. You can always write us at yes podcast at gmail.com and Steve today we got three birthdays of yes members for January to uh, celebrate so we figured we'd talk about them
0: yeah and they all take place within the same week so we figured we'd get this recorded as like you know i guess it's the podcast equivalent of a quote unquote joint birthday party there you um, go yeah, so let me just read off their birth dates real quick. So, first up, we have Tony K, uh, born Anthony John Selvage, uh, for those who don't know, on January 11th, 1945. We have Trevor Rabin, born January 13th, 1954. And John Davison, born January 16th, 1971. And that right there is kind of like three different generations of Yes members, if you really think about it. Yeah, it is. I forgot about Tony's birth name. Do you know where K came from? I'm not exactly sure. Like, my assumption, which could be wrong, is that maybe it's because Keyboards begins with a K. Like, that, that'd be kind of a cute reasoning, but I don't know if that's why.
1: Sometimes I've seen people go with a mother's maiden name that's a bit more palatable or easier to remember, more marketable or something like that.
0: Uh, It's funny because I think the last name Selvage sounds really cool to me. But I mean, after all these years, I'm so used to Tony K, you know? Yeah. Quick Um, side
1: note on names. Yeah. Um, Rod Morgenstein, good friend and the drummer for... um, uh, Dixie Dregs and, and a lot of other things. But it, so Rod Morgenstein told a story once where when he made it, like when he was making it with Dixie Dregs or getting a record deal, um, Rod went to his dad and said, Dad, do you think I should change my name for showbiz? And his dad said, what's wrong with Rod? <laughs> <laughs> like it never occurred to him he was referring to his last name. <laughs> right. But let's start with Tony. And folks, to celebrate the birthdays, we're going to kind of talk about our favorite works by each of these three artists, whether it's their yes contributions or anything outside of that. Where do you want to start with Tony, Steve?
0: Right. So I know he did some stuff before. Yes, like he was in a band called The Federalists, but I'm not very familiar with that period. So I guess we could start by like talking about like the original Uh, incarnation and i guess the yes album as well and you know it's weird people see the banks albums as one era and the yes album as the next but in my head i see those three albums as one little era i think be tony k kind of plays into that as like the through line and it also like after that you have the roger dean stuff and the proggier crazier stuff i guess
1: no, I totally agree. Tony is the through line with that and stitches it all together. And not that Steve Howe didn't change anything, but it is sort of to me that same era because it also is pre Roger Dean with and everything else that came with that. Um, and it doesn't minimize what Steve brought to the table. There's certainly like this jump, not necessarily right. up, but into this other area mm-hmm. that Steve brought. But that didn't work out with Tony, um, mainly, I think, because of musical sensibilities, which might have led to some personality things. But I I, I agree. Um, and I think there would be no yes today without Tony Kay. And, you know, that's sort of a cavalier thing to say, because who it's, knows? It's very
0: cool st- how that rhymed. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who else they would have had that they would have done a lot of the same stuff? I I don't recall off the top of my head how much Tony contributed to arrangements or writing, but um, those early yes things. So here's proof in the pudding: the early <laughs> yes things um, are, are so monumental that they're still being played today. You know, stuff that yeah. Tony wrote on those first one, two, three albums, or at least played on are still staples in what they play, you know, to agree, especially the third album, of course, but. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: but, your favorite song, I've seen all good people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's your favorite work and can you pull one favorite work out of that three album era as you're referring to it as, or does it, is it hard to pull just one?
0: Yeah, it's really hard to pull. There are certainly standout moments from certain songs. Like, on Time and a Word, you have... Well, I guess he stands out on "Harold Land on the first album in that upbeat intro and also on Looking Around. But on Time and a Word, I think to the solo on Astro Traveler, like, you know... Yeah. That sort of thing. Um and the organ also sounds really good on the prophet and um on the yes album itself like the way he does yours is no disgrace is how i personally prefer hearing it like that album's version is probably my favorite version of that song interesting
1: um you mentioned you know the sound and his organ and everything and it really his organ playing personified how the Hammond B3 really fit into rock music back then. You know, of course, there was John Lord, Keith Emerson, and whatnot, but really Tony K and and I, you know, of course, John Lord, um, not playing as proggy, but their sounds are the sound of the Hammond B3 of that era. And then came Rick, of course. But uh, my I think some of my favorites are um, Astral Traveler, Looking Around, uh, No opportunity necessary, no experience needed. And of course, um, uh, Starship Trooper. Um, I love his work on long distance runaround. Uh, Just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just about to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Perpetual change. Um, Yeah. um, You know, there's, there's some real gems in the work he did that, like I said, really got carried on through decades. Um, And it was neat to see him play those again when he went back into the band with the Trevor Rabin era, whose birthday we're going to talk about as well. You know, when you look at Starship Trooper that they did on 9012 Live, it's freaking brilliant and it rocks. You know, it's great. Um, So some great contributions. Are you that familiar with Badger?
0: Um, I've listened to a bit at least. So, yeah, I I was about to say that Another reason for Tony's departure from the band, which he mentioned on um I think we've mentioned it before. there's this podcast he was on recently called The Hustle. He says that he wanted to go into a more blues rock direction, and with what I've heard from Badger, I do sort of hear more of that like straight ahead like rock type of feel um, and you know in that seventies period. He was also he also toured with David Bowie, whose birthday is today as we're recording this. Oh wow. Um, yeah, and um January eighth.
1: Wow, that's right.
0: Yeah, and he also played with Detective and also with uh Badfinger, another band that begins with a band that's, B that's and right. R. <laughs> I forgot um,
1: about his work with Badfinger.
0: Yeah, I've heard like a power pop uh, song by them um and Yeah, it's like, look at the music video. It's like, yeah, that's definitely him there. He's, like, getting closer to how he looks in the 90125 period. But what about you? Are you familiar with any of that stuff? Uh,
1: Just the Badfinger stuff. I don't know why I forgot about that. I I can't pick out exactly what songs he played on with David Bowie because I wasn't that familiar with it. Um, There's a couple of Badger songs I like that I I can't remember the name of. You know, I'm really most familiar with his work with, yes, But you're right. He was, you know, at least at the time, a more traditionalist. So it totally makes sense what you say about him wanting to go into more straight ahead and blues oriented rock because he was kind of like against the he was averse to the synthesizer movement at the time. And yes, wanted to get more. And they did esoteric and, you know, uh, experimental and and whatnot. And then they ended up defining, if not inventing, prog rock. Maybe inventing isn't the right word, but certainly uh, defining it, it, it to, you know, like everyone was doing, how many times have we talked about this? But everyone was, was doing Prague <laughs> and they kind of got into Prague and then they went way up here. And yeah. everyone was like, okay, so that's what Prague really is with Close to the Edge, you know?
0: Yeah, like Peter and Tony feel like they had their own direction they want to go with Rocky stuff and Bill wanted jazz. So, like, yeah. you know, john and chris being consistent in that period and getting other people like steve and rick and then alan staying with a band for so so long it's like yeah yeah they went through like some changes
1: (laughs) yeah steve was the equivalent of bringing in um Like uh, Pete Lockett, um, our friend, who's a great drummer. He's played with Robert Plant, Peter Gabriel, Amy Winehouse, on and on and on. And Pete can play drum set, but he's also a brilliant world percussionist. And I make that analogy because you bring Steve Howen, who grew up emulating and and playing uh, people like Wes Montgomery and playing jazz. He did know rock and blues, but then he brought in all these other instruments like the Portuguese guitar, mandolins. You know, all of a sudden you've got this whole new box of tools um, and musical sensibilities that Steve brought. And and that's a huge part of what really changed things. But let's not also forget the work that Tony did uh, with 90125, Big Generator, um, Talk, and of course the two or three measures of music he might've played on on Union, just kidding. <laughs> but but truth be told, out of all those albums, we don't really know exactly how much he played. And and I don't mean that in a, a critical manner, but there is some ambiguity about how much of the keyboards was programmed, how much of it was played by Kim Bullard or someone else, how much of it was... We know that Trevor Rabin plays the piano in the beginning of um, Talk, Oh, Endless Dream. Yeah, Endless Dream. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, so I don't know. I know Tony, but I saw him play all this stuff live, you know, right. and that's good enough for me. I don't care who, who played it on the album and whatnot to get up there, do it live. <laughs> that's Tony Kay. Um, so if we just sweep all that ambiguity away, what do you like of the return generation work in Yes by Tony? And, and you know, mine, I'll start
0: with mine, if that's right it's okay. Easy. Yeah, I think I know what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah.
1: Miracle of Life. I'm presuming you played on it. Yeah, uh, it sounds ch- like him. Yeah. Changes.
0: Those are my two biggest hearts I love. Yeah, he definitely came up with. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's definitely him. And um, there's a bunch of others that I like, but those are my biggest um, standout ones.
0: Yeah. So. In terms of how much he played, um, I think the book, yes, in the 1980s kind of addressed this. I'd have to look at it again. But if from what I remember, it sounded like Trevor played keyboards on most of 90125. Um, but apparently Tony really likes Big Generator, according to that podcast interview I mentioned earlier. Whereas Trevor Rapin is like not so happy with Big Generator and how the production went. Um Like Tony even suggested that during 90125, you know, he was butting heads with Trevor Horn and he had the feeling that maybe Trevor Horn would have preferred getting Jeff Downs back in the band, but of course, he was with Asia at the time. Um, but as far as songs Tony played on in that period, um, like yeah i think it's hearts and miracle of life like those are the easy ones to pull out um and the ones that i feel very certain that he played on and but in terms of like uh, seeing like the live versions that he played on i love what he did on changes and um and uh what was it um like it can happen sounds very nice as well yeah yeah that's true yeah. Yeah. Cool. Happy birthday, Tony Kay. Yeah. And oh, we
1: didn't mention his work in like Circa and uh, the other one. Yeah, yeah like really-
0: Billy Sherwood like brought him out of retirement basically, like with Circa yeah. and Yoso. And well, we've talked about his solo album too, End of Innocence, and how it was not quite what we expected. He like had expanded his palette, I guess. And oh yeah.
1: Sounded really good. It's like not only that he expanded his palette. But what he expanded to was all it was, and it wasn't this. Any almost none of the stuff we were used to or know of him. It was just the expansion, which made it even more of a departure from what we know of his sound and his playing. Which I was fine with. I thought that was right.
0: Neat. Yeah, and I was really glad that Yes invited him on their fiftieth anniversary tour because you know, That's you, right. you, like. I remember before that announcement we were like isn't it kind of weird they're doing it without a founding member and then we get this announcement that he's playing a few songs at the end of these shows and when we saw them and did the meet and greet he seemed really happy to be there enthusiastic and talking to people yeah and that was
1: San Diego or Phoenix San Diego right
0: that was Irvine oh yeah
1: that's right that was Irvine (laughs)
0: Um, um, or Anaheim rather. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm thinking of that because that's when we went to San Diego, right? We did the yeah. fair, fa- your graduation, the fair, and then father's day was the yes show, right?
0: Mm, yeah. It was definitely that weekend. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and I, I saw him before they played. Cause you may remember that's when Gigi called on me to go, go meet with Alan and took me back there. And I saw Tony Back there and we were like passing each other i said hey tony and he, he went like this oh hey dad <laughs> so it was cool and he did seem like he was so happy to be there like all i i wouldn't blame him if inside he was saying oh my gosh all this is because of me all this is because of what i did 50 years later whatever totally warranted i mean he was one of the very first five you know and yeah. came back and had some great hits so Kudos to Tony for helping establish one of the most prolific progressive rock bands ever.
0: Yeah. Before we move on to Trevor, here's a bit of trivia that I want to see if you can guess. So okay. according to his interview with yes, the music revealing Co- science of
1: God. <laughs> oh.
0: So uh, last year he was interviewed by yes, music podcast um, and Tony mentioned his favorite Yes album that he didn't play on. Can you guess which one it is? Wow.
1: Uh uh can I throw two out there? Sure. I'm gonna say fragile or drama. Nope. I can't imagine. I don't know. It's relayer. Whoa! I almost jokingly said there's no way it's Relayer. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. What a great trivia question. Friends, yeah. you could borrow that. And impress your friends at a party.
0: Right. Wow.
1: I'd love to interview him and ask him why. What is it? What is it about that? And is he was he a Patrick Moraes fan before? Does that have anything to do with
0: it? I wonder. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a really cool bit of trivia to know. But Yeah,
1: and there's so many questions that go with that. When did you hear it?
0: Like five years ago or when uh, it came out? Was a it few your... – when, oh, when did he listen yeah. to it, you mean?
1: Yeah, you know, because that makes a difference. Was it his favorite since it came out? Was it... That's such a neat topic. Okay, cool. Let's move on to Trevor. Happy birthday, Tony.
0: Yeah, happy birthday, Tony K. And so on to Trevor Rabin. And funny enough, he also – was in a band that was named after a critter, you know, rabbit. Um, critter. Yeah, rabbit with two T's. Uh, that, that's very important to remember because there are other rabbit bands. Right. And yeah, I dipped into them earlier and I listened to the song Charlie and it sounded very different from what I was expecting. Like I was expecting straight ahead rock and roll, but it felt more like kind of a life on Mars type of song. I guess like David Bowie's on the mind, so that's why. And what they're wearing in the video is so weird. It's like these red outfits, kind of glam rocky, I guess, with like these red pom-poms on the shoulders. It's so weird. Wow, I don't remember if I've ever seen that. Right, but I listened to this other song uh, by them called um, Hard Ride, and it's very much what I expected from pre-s trevor and very rocky and his father godfrey even has like a violin solo on there it sounds oh, really good that's cool yeah um have you heard any of rabbit or of any like trevor's early solo stuff i heard some of rabbit
1: when i first found out about trevor when 90125 came out and i honestly don't remember any of it Okay. And didn't now- have time. I know what you're thinking, folks. I should have done my homework. I didn't have time. <laughs> I didn't have time. We just decided to do this a couple days ago or something, and I just didn't have time. But
0: right. that's something
1: we could post about on our page, maybe dig up some stuff.
0: Yeah, his, his early solo stuff, like from a little bit I've heard, definitely feels more straight up rock and roll. Um, and like the demos that he included on 90124 are like that, as well like before they got more yesified i guess you could say yeah and um so of course after that period he almost becomes part of asia but there's even that so- early version of only time will tell online somewhere that sounds really weird um but he said like there was no chemistry but whereas right with you know, Chris and Alan, there was like a lot of chemistry, even if it was the worst jam ever, um, in his own words. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, that's
1: funny to hear when you think of those monumental musicians, like how bad could the jam could have been, you know? Right. <laughs> how bizarre. Um, so what's your favorite work of his um, with Yes.
0: Yeah, well, you already know when I was a little kid, Owner of a Lonely Heart was my favorite yes song ever. But like growing up, it has since dropped like toward the bottom because it's like, you know, been there, done that. Um, I love how he does the vocals on changes. And you know, talk is very much his album. Like it's definitely the album he's happiest with, which, you know, what a great album to and on with that period so it would probably be an endless dream for me mm-hmm. um but there are like other great things like you know the stuff he does on i'm running sounds good yeah and uh, again miracle of life lift me up um and you know during that period like it, it felt to me it feels to me listening to those albums that he did mature more in his songwriting as the years went by, and that's especially evident on his nineteen eighty nine solo album "Can't Look Away," where he's talking about apartheid and other stuff. And it's, I loved that album. Yeah, and it's like very moving forward with the music technology at yeah. the time. Um, what about you? Like, what's your favorite um, Ruben works? I I do love.
1: Uh, changes, and also love his vocals on that. Um, Hearts, I guess the ones I mentioned that are the same with Tony, changes, (laughs) hearts, miracle of life. I love endless dream. Um, I also like, um, I'm running from big generator. um, And I I love his voice. I've mentioned before on the show that on Jason Bonham's first album, The Disregard of Timekeeping, that's Trevor doing all those layered background vocals, and it just sounds so good. I mean, to just get that album just for that, to hear Trevor just as a background vocalist, he's great at that. He's great at a lead vocalist. He's great with harmonies. He's great at just a background chorale, and he's a great guitar player and, and musician. Um, so hes he's... Uh, and of course, you know, I'm not familiar with all his movie soundtracks. I just know that he's done right. a lot of them, you know. Yeah. He did, didn't he do Con Air? He did Con Air. Yeah, he did them, Con Air. Right? And, and there's been a couple others since, I believe.
0: Yeah, there's been a bunch. Um, one of them that comes to mind is the... 90s christmas movie jack frost where you can even see him playing in the jack frost band in the beginning and i don't remember that yeah it, it's a really good father-son movie it, like it's kind of predictable but it's a feel-good movie it's like i i feel like it deserves more like viewings i guess um i i really enjoy it cool. and yeah, like, like it's really bizarre that he has like this great voice and then goes and does film score stuff. Like as great as it is, but it's like you, you know, it's just kind of weird. But uh, of course in 2012 he puts out this other solo album called Jacaranda which is all instrumental and feels very jazzy in places and operatic in that song Rescue which he recycled from The <laughs> Guardian soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember you were very surprised when you listened to that, right? Yeah,
1: it was not what I expected. I, I figured it'd be an elevated version of don't look back.
0: You know, just Oh, you mean I, you can't look away?
1: Can't look away. What did I say? Don't look back. <laughs> don't look back. <laughs> don't look to your left. <laughs> right. yeah, um, I, it was not at all what I expected.
0: Yeah. But I liked I, it. Yeah, I, I've heard um like over the years there have been reports that he wants to do another instrumental solo album and another solo album with vocals on it like can took away so hopefully that comes those come out at some point um and of course he's uh worked with yes members since his departure in 2004 there's that Trevor Horn celebration concert where he joined where Rabin joined um jeff steve chris and alan playing cinema and owner of a lonely heart yeah and then in 2008 he posted on his website that he was invited by yes management to tour with yes on their 40th anniversary tour which at the time was gonna be called close to the edge and back and that was before john fell ill and plans changed um but like trevor said that his schedule wouldn't allow it but he did guest at a twenty ten concert, I believe. Um maybe two thousand nine or twenty ten. He like they were in Los Angeles and he guested for Owner oh, Only a Lonely Heart. Oh, I um, don't remember
1: that. Is there a video?
0: Yeah, there's a, an audience shot YouTube video um somewhere. Interesting. And, yeah, and of course we have the whole ARW period, which was weird, but also cool to see him like get back on the road because he, he said himself it was something he was kind of missing like being out on the road playing in concert you know
1: yeah and i i love his contribution to rick wakeman's return to the center of the earth oh yeah um his vocals on that what's the name of that track he plays on that where he sings lead um, um yeah the name is escaping me let me see. yeah i can think word. of the lyrics through i'm trying to get to where the title might be
0: Yeah, like
1: that was in the late 90s, right? Yeah. it's. I can't think of the name, but uh, I love that. And I think he plays guitar on the song that Ozzy sings, too. Oh, does he? I think so. I might be wrong. Um, but I love I love that
0: oh is it never is a long long time
1: never never in a long
0: time yep that's it okay
1: folks if you haven't heard that get that album and check out that song Trevor's great on that his vocals and his guitar playing does a really neat lead and just his he's a great rhythm guitar player as well I really liked that a lot so what's your favorite yes song that trevor plays that he didn't originally record
0: oh that's a good question um yeah i I don't know if i have one like the one that kind of stands out right now just because of how different it is and what he adds to it is well yours is no disgrace like the way they put it on the union tour where like I, I think Steve had a solo part and then Trevor did a solo part, which felt like really left field and like this sort of like speed metal type of thing, just shredding yeah. his guitar. You're right. Um, yeah.
1: But, but what about outside of playing with Steve just on his, you know, with the band? Yes. Just with him as the only guitar player.
0: I guess. Yeah, Starship Troopers sounds really good with him. Yeah.
1: That's mine too. Yeah. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. I I think he did a really good job. It kept a lot of integrity, but it still sounds like him. Um, Trying to think if there's another that I really liked.
0: Yeah. I really like how ARW played Awaken. They kind of mix, change it up a little bit with like making the quieter section more bombastic. Yeah. Um, I got to
1: listen to that again. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Happy birthday, Trevor Rabinowitz.
0: Yeah. That's Happy his real last Tristan.
1: name. Yeah, from South Africa. Uh, the first South African and Jewish member, actually.
0: Yeah, I think the only one or only South African member at least.
1: Yeah. Um right. Billy's dad was Jewish, or was it his mom? And Igor Korchev, I'm not sure. But was Trevor the first non-british member i think so
0: no what am i saying patrick Patrick moraz was swiss (laughs)
1: yeah oh boy sorry folks i'm worn out it's saturday (laughs) getting ready to go on a business trip okay cool happy birthday trevor on to john davison
0: yeah so i actually went back and listened to a little bit of what he was involved with in the 90s which is sky cries mary um, and this was very different from what I'm used to hearing him with. You know, I'm used to hearing him in prog stuff like Glass Hammer and Yes. But Sky Cries Mary was more psychedelic and trans music. Um, oh. Like, you know, going in a trance type of thing. It's very spacey. And, wow, I
1: don't think I've heard that.
0: Yeah, it even has bits of... It has, like, a 90s feel to it as well. It like kind of feels to me like it has bits of that band Garbage. Um, and, like, the music videos that I watch for them, um, what were they called? They were... Like, one of them has Spin in the title. Um, oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's called Shipwrecked, but in the music video, they're, like, spinning around Oh, interesting. Stuff yeah and um this other one called every iceberg is a fire they're all like wearing body paint and one of them like brings an ice sculpture of a head out of the water and it reminds me of the mannequin head on the yes album (laughs) cover (laughs) um and it's just so weird like john davidson is singing alongside this woman um at least i think it's john davidson like it looks like him with the long hair and just younger and it's like so weird seeing him in this kind of grungier element um f- like from what i gather,
1: that's interesting um my only exposure to his work outside of yes is the glass hammer stuff that um that we listened to on that trip we went on and i've got a couple favorites that i i love actually and even just the name behold the zittle <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I love that. And I love this song too. That and At Last We Are. I really like those two songs a lot.
0: Yeah. I also love the epic on that album, like the 24 minute one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's Um, right. Um, If the sun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah, he had a good stint with Glass Hammer, you know, a few albums with them, but you know, after, um, you know he was also in a yes tribute band called roundabout and of course eventually he joined yes when Benoit was feeling ill and he w- was basically saying you know i don't want to hold you guys back or anything and like it was almost 10 years ago like in 2012 john davison joined the wow. band um yeah and he had to like put you, you know he, he- he had to focus on yes so he decided to part ways with glass hammer and whatnot so sure. you know he's been focusing on yes since then you know with heaven and earth and all the touring and more recently the quest um and of course he's also working with john lodge and
1: you know David. Oh, that's right his
0: daughter yeah. and whatnot. his future in-law yeah um and I think that live album, John Lodge, The Royal Affair, and After, will actually finally be coming out around the time this episode comes out ah, so okay, it'll cool. be yeah, so it'll be cool to like hear John Davison's guest spots on there um, great, so I have two
1: questions what yeah, is your favorite work by John? with Yes, that is his original work, that he's this original singer. And what's your favorite work that he's done with Yes, singing someone else's vocals?
0: So in terms of stuff that originated with him, I really love the song To Ascend on Heaven and Earth. Um, You know, it talks about like, you know, life struggles and stuff like that. He's yeah. also great on Believe Again. Yeah, I, I still think that's a really good opener for that album, even if the results of it as a whole are mixed. Um, for The Quest, I love how... like, He's just a great singer overall. Like, I love thinking back to his contributions on Minus the Man, The Western Edge. But my favorite on there, which is very much him, is A Living Island. Um, and Sister Sleeping Soul is really good too, but A, A Living Island is my favorite track on that album uh, on the quest. Um, you know, talking about the pandemic and like people dealing with it, and also paying tribute to the everyday heroes like who respond to all these emergencies going on. It's just so good. Um, in terms of songs that didn't originate with him, Yeah, that's really tough. Like, I know that when we saw him sing Awaken with them on the 50th anniversary tour, we were really impressed with, like, how he sounded exactly like John Anderson during the Master of Images section. Um, But I also love how he also sounds like himself for the majority of the concerts, you know, like he doesn't sound just like a clone to me.
1: Right. And he's not trying to. Yeah. Uh, So for me, working backwards, I agree. Um, I was so taken by his performance on Awake, and I was so compelled. I couldn't wait to talk to him and tell him how that that's my favorite Yes song, one of my favorite songs ever, ever, ever. And then he did such a brilliant job. He really did. Um, and it really showed that he could sing. You know what I mean? Because that song yeah. is just, it's all over the place mm-hmm. as far as dynamics and velocity and all of that, so for me, it's definitely that um with his original vocals uh, originating in a work with yes, I'd say um I like minus the man sister soul, um and I do like the ice bridge too,
0: yeah, yeah, very strong singing on those songs um, yeah another sort of oddball one that came to mind was i I Really enjoyed how he sang Run Through the Light uh, back on the Topographic Drama Tour. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's such an odd song, but it was cool to see him like sing that one. Cause like, I'm not sure if that one was played on the original Drama Tour. Like, it wasn't. All. Right. Yeah. It so was- it was cool that they dug that up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In fact, I think it's the only song they didn't play. Yeah, because there's only six songs, and they, that's the only one they didn't play.
0: Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, but yeah, like I feel like by this point, he's pretty much cemented himself as the Yes vocalist, um, like of this period. And like, I don't know if like touring plans for this year will still go ahead as scheduled. You know, the world is ever changing, but yeah, at some point, it'd be great to. Hear them live again and, and Arc of Life, like you know, the band That's he and right. some of the other members are in. Um yeah. which uh you know, sometimes he like shares the vocal duties on in arc of Life, which was not quite what I expected, but
1: yeah, who does the other vocals? Billy? Uh
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. Cool. I gotta get more familiar with that. Lots of fun stuff, folks. And happy birthday, John, by the way.
0: Yeah, and thanks for your
1: contributions to one of our very, very favorite bands. And folks chime in and let us know your favorite work by Tony Kay, your favorite work by Trevor Rabin and your favorite work by John Davison in Yes, out of Yes, doing stuff by other members of Yes, you know, whichever way you want to comment, let us know, we'll read.
0: Favorite meal that they cook. (laughs) (laughs) There
1: you go. We'll read some of those comments on a future episode.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I feel like we did it. We covered like highlights from their careers. And yeah, like I'm really surprised that we got through that very like um, efficiently, I guess the word would be. Yeah,
1: time-wise, we, we, you know, we didn't want to spend an hour on that. And I think we covered everything uh, that needed to be covered, could have been covered. Wanted to be covered, didn't want to be covered. (laughs) So folks, tune in on our Yes Shift Facebook page, facebook.com slash Yes Shift. Dig us. If you want audio only and don't want to look at our faces, you can (laughs) listen to us on anchor.fm slash Yes Shift. And they can write us too, right, Steve? Hate mail, love mail,
0: suggestions, (laughs) donations. Yeah, you can write us at yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com, and we might read your comments on the show.
1: And even take a suggestion.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cool. Thanks, everybody, for following what we
1: do, and we will uh, get back with you again very soon. Bye.